It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And oh, to be by the coast on a day like uh, today. A very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you along to another edition of uh, Cork Today. John Paul taking calls at the moment at 1850 You can text her WhatsApp 086 to 103103. And temperatures expected to soar into the high teens over most parts of the country over the next few days. And yesterday we thought we were going to be officially calling it a heatwave because we were explaining that the definition of a heat wave is any period of five or more consecutive days but the maximum temperature has to exceed 25 degrees today is actually day five not yesterday as I had uh, uh, incorrectly mentioned because our first day of 25 degrees and hotter was Friday so once it hits 25 degrees uh, today and it is already where I'm sitting at 21 degrees so it's already well on the way to being 25 degrees and all it needs to be is 25 degrees at any one of the weather stations started around the country and we are officially in a uh, heat wave and there's lots of tips on how to uh, cope during the, this heat wave. There are some people who absolutely adore warm weather. John Paul, for example, is one of them. He he always reckons he was born in the wrong country because he tans so easily. He just says, look at the sun and he's black. And uh, he just gets picks up a really quick tan and he just loves the heat. But then there are other people who really, really struggle in this weather and find it very difficult. I mean, I love warm weather. I find it hard if you have to work in it. It can be hard if you're cooking, if you have to put anything into the, the oven, for example. The houses can be absolutely... Stifling. So there are tips and ways to try and survive during the heat wave. I think one of the main ones that everybody says and the one that we all need to remember is to stay hydrated. Now we're told we should be drinking at least two litres of water every single day but that's really important during a heat wave. But there's other things we can do like eat food that are, are very high water content you know things like watermelon, cucumber strawberries, celery which I don't particularly like myself and pineapple they all have a high water content so if you can include those kind of things uh, in your your diet. Avoid alcohol if you can and also limit the amount of any kind of caffeinated drinks your coffees and all of that because they actually dehydrate you uh, further than if you're heading out in to enjoy uh, the sunshine remember our skin has a tendency to burn very very easily so applying sunscreen before going out in the heat 
topping it up throughout the day that is all so important and then if you get burnt because this came up yesterday on our piece with Annelise Giselle somebody had overdone it in the sunshine on Sunday and they were feeling a bit the worse for wear yesterday natural aloe vera gel is a great way to soothe the sting and Annelise always advises if you store that aloe vera gel in the fridge you get the ultimate cooling effect because it's ice cold coming out of the fridge as well. And then tips that they're suggesting to keep the house uh, cool. Now keeping windows, blinds and curtains closed is one of the suggestions because it keeps the hot air out even if you want to. Invest in blackout blinds because it obviously blocks out the sun rays. Using a fan or Ken Tobin in the morning has his fan now up and running. It is the easiest way to stay cool as it circulates the air around the room. But you know those little mini handheld fans? They also can be a great addition. But the best way if you, if you do have a fan and how to use a fan is to fill up bowls with water and put ice into it leave them around the house but if you can leave one of those in front of the fan because it sort of it blows the ice cold water air out around the room and that seemingly works really well and I don't, I've seen that tip before never actually used it and I take it is it nigh on impossible to get a fan has anybody managed to buy a fan in the last number of days I take it all of the electrical shops are selling out on, on fans and then your pets they uh, our Irish pets certainly are not used to this hot weather and many of those will struggle as well uh, throughout the day so the words from from the vets is to make sure that you've got plenty of water replenish it regularly keep the water as cool as you can put ice into the water if needs be because that will keep it uh, cooler and of course Never, ever leave animals in parked cars, even for the shortest period of time, unless you've got proper ventilation in the car. Also around exercising dogs. When I was coming to work this morning before eight, I did see a number of people out walking their dogs. And that's the best piece of advice. You either walk the dogs early in the morning or in the evening time. And if you can walk the dogs on grass or in shaded uh, areas, melting tarmac can be very upsetting to pets and can be actually dangerous. Uh, to their paws and there was isn't there that tip that how you can tell if the footpath is too hot for walking your dog is to stand yourself in your bare feet and if you can't hold your foot on the ground for more than five seconds if you leave your foot on the ground for five seconds and you can feel it burning the sole of your own foot then it's too hot for your pets and that's a good tip they'd still need the exercise but uh, try and do it early in the morning or in the evening and with pets being out remember yesterday we had a listener who was a bit bothered they were out on Sunday and in the countryside and they saw cattle in the middle of a field and they were they seemed to be fenced off in the middle of a field and they were away from the ditches and this system was very concerned that they wouldn't be able to get any shade and felt that some of the cattle were actually panting and she was wondering why it was going on and I was saying we would need somebody in the know from the farming community to explain to us why you would allow cattle to be penned in the middle of a field and not allowing them shade. Well Michael has contacted me to say good morning Patricia regarding the cattle out in the middle of the sun fenced in let me tell you like ourselves cattle love the heat They're, the most important thing they need is water and they will need a lot of it like people they need water by, but by about 10 times more I'll let you know that there is many a day that you will go out to cattle and they'll be lying against the ditch for shelter from the rain so if people are driving around the country and they see cows lying
lying down in the middle of a field, heads up, chewing the cud. That's them telling you they're as happy as people lying on a beach tanning themselves. So they actually enjoy the fine weather, according to Michael, who I'm assuming is a man in the know from the farming uh, community. And of course, as we mentioned yesterday, Irish Water urging the public not to use hoses or paddling pools. Uh, the country now, we're all being asked to conserve as much water as possible as there has been a significant increase in both domestic and commercial demand for uh, water. Now at the moment Irish Water say there are no plans to implement a hose pipe ban because if a hose pipe ban comes in that, that's officially called a water conservation order. So they're not doing that yet but they're asking people to please stop and think before you turn on your uh, hose pipe. They say that they're c- carefully monitoring all of the raw water sources and what's the raw water sources that's the water that we get from lakes and rivers and springs and ground sources and that's the water that feeds into the water treatment plants urgent appeals for conservation has been made though in some parts of the country our neighbours in Kerry for example are one of the counties that they are really closely uh, watching with um, some other parts of the country there's nighttime restrictions actually in place now at the moment we seem to be okay here in Cork, but that could change if this fine weather continues. As demand increases, Irish Water say they're appealing to the public redouble the efforts in conserving waters. Water use it for essential use only in the home, in the garden, at work, or on the farm. And they say to please do it, especially during the uh, coming weeks. And you know when they're saying about water conservation and that we all need to, you know, to to safeguard the supply of water. It's essential for all of us, particularly we're in the middle of a pandemic and hand washing and hygiene is so important but Irish Water stressed that while conserving water it's particularly important during the current hot weather but they say conserving water is something that we all should be doing all year round so check out that leaky tap and see if you can fix it. 1850 at 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 John by text saying when this hot weather is gone I won't miss it. It's too much for me says John. <laughs> uh, listen, some people find it really, really difficult. Hang in there hon. Stay hydrated and stay in the shade because God knows this is Ireland. We know that it won't last uh, for long. And then we had uh, Liz on to us in Kinsale saying top of the morning to you Trish. Can you suss something out for me please? With Irish Water asking us to reduce our water usage shorter showers, no water in the garden etc. Yesterday I heard Cork Racecourse announce that racing can go ahead due to overnight watering of the track. My question is, do they use mains water for this or do they reuse rainwater? And that's from Liz and Kinsale says, P.S. I have two 100 litre water butts set up for watering my garden. Well done, Irish water and environmentalists will love you because uh, that's exactly what we, all, we should all be doing uh, with our garden. We're going to get on to Cork Racecourse and, fi- and find out. I'm assuming they probably have their own source, uh, but we will get back to you as soon as we get an answer from them. And then thank you to Jackie from Mallow giving us all a great tip. Says that having lived in Port for many, many years. A good tip for your listeners is open up the windows and doors as early as possible. If you can get up at 5am in the morning or between 5 and 8am, coolest part of the day, leave all your doors and windows open. Then close the windows, lower the blinds and close all the curtains so all the rooms are dark. That will keep the cool air in. 
Jackie also points out that fans are great providing that the air is cool. Otherwise, you're just blowing warm air around the room. So there's a good tip. Open the doors and the windows early and then the cool air gets into the house, then close it all off. But you need to close the curtains, the blinds. I mean, somebody had suggested blackout curtains. It's to stop the sunlight coming in, but that certainly will keep the room uh, rooms uh, cooler. Thank you for that, Jackie. A lady in the know having lived in uh, Portugal. And then the this is to do with all oh, the vaccination certs. OK, and I will later on get to a piece about the vaccination certs and for people who were trying to ring the telephone numbers yesterday and the frustration that it caused people. But can I just try and answer this query in first? Morning, Patricia. I wonder if you could help us. We received our COVID vaccines at the Living Health Centre in Mitchellstown, which is a primary healthcare centre. Uh, the second vaccine was over a month ago, but we haven't received our digital certificate either by email or by post. We contacted Living Health and were told they would be issued by the HSC. We understood from the HSC that the vaccines issued at the GP clinic would be issued, that the certs would be issued by the clinic. We've since tried the digital COVID certificate number many, many times, uh, but they've either hung up or the phone just rings continuously. Can you shed some light on this matter and let us know when we will get our cert thanking you? Okay, if you got it through your GP practice, which you did, that means your certificate should, should arrive by post. Now, I'm going to get an email out to the Department of Health sometime this morning to just to double check. We were told last week by the revenue who were doing the posting of the COVID certificates that they expected to have all of the certificates in the post. Today was to be the last day. Now, I don't know if today was to be the last day that people were to receive them or today is the last day that they're actually physically putting them in, in the post. So I'm going to try to find out from the Department of Health or via, via revenue when is the last day that they've posted all the certificates. So at least then we will know Give them a day or two and within 48 hours if you still haven't received your cert by post because we know all the emailed ones have gone out by now then we will be saying to you to contact the number. Now now they've had huge, huge problems with that number that they opened. It officially went into use yesterday even though it had been opened for emergencies uh, last week but it officially went into uh, the 1-800-851-504. It officially went into use yesterday. Now I tried to call it a couple of times in the afternoon because I was hearing and seeing on social media so many people were having problems trying to uh, get through and it was just impossible. Every time I went onto it it was just coming back saying a call failed message. You couldn't even get through. Heard of lots of people saying they just got an engaged tone. I heard of all others who did manage to get through to an automated message on hold for about two hours and then the phone disconnected so there was a lot of frustration. But what they have been saying to people at the moment who are trying to get the digital COVID certificate particularly the recovery certificate people who have recovered from COVID to please only contact them if you're urgently in need of travel for people who say are travelling in the next week. So to the listener in Mitchellstown, I don't know the reason why you urgently need your certificate. If it's for travel, then I would be suggesting, yes, you need to keep ringing the number. But if you're just waiting so that you have it for when the restaurant's open, for example, which is going to be sometime next week, then there's still a period of time for you. There isn't a rush for you to get your COVID certificate. But hang on, because you are definitely due to get it by post. And I think today is the last day. They're physically posting them out. You might receive one uh, even today, if not maybe tomorrow. 
or the, or the day after but let us just get confirmation that they have all gone out in the poster if the last of them are to go out but it's the postman that you should be uh, look, looking for. Now John Paul has just said that they've put a new an extra number in place for the digital COVID certificate 1-800-807-008 1-800-807-008 but as I say they are to the COVID help to that the COVID certificate helpline in particular it's people who are about to travel and urgently need the certificate they're the ones that they are hoping that they'll be able to sort out in the coming days so just wait and see but as I say we'll try and find out when the last of the ones going out by post because we still are hearing from people who are receiving them by post certainly yesterday I had some calls in from people saying that the postman had just come and their COVID certificate was in the post 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Or today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. So the papers today are full of photographs from the airports, in particular Dublin uh, Airport, uh, with people flying out. Yesterday it was the first day that the, co- the digital COVID certificates could be used. But, you know, Dublin Airport and Cork Airport and Shannon pains to point out you don't have to have a digital COVID digital certificate in order to travel. It does make it easier when you're going through the airport, even though I saw was it uh, Virgin Media sent over one of their uh, reporters and he, he said he wasn't even asked for his certificate to prove that he had been uh, vaccinated so I suppose it does depend on the airline but of course while there was people leaving this country to fly away there was also people coming the other way coming into Ireland and there's the most gorgeous photograph on the front of the Irish Times of a family who were travelled from San Diego in the States Richard and Nuala Kingston along with their two children James and Chloe James looks to be about three and I'd say Chloe probably about six or seven but it's Chloe running into the arms of her granddad and you can actually you can you can see it's just a running shot you can almost see the movement in the photograph it's just even though she's got a mask on and her granddad's got his mask on but you can just see they obviously haven't seen each other probably for the bones of uh, two years and there's a little girl has desperately desperately missed a hug from from her granddad and there was seemingly lots of scenes like that at the airport there were scenes of people seeing grandchildren for the first time and also the other way uh, expats who live in this country who are going home to their native country bringing children that were born during the pandemic so wonderful wonderful scenes at the airport kind of reminds me a little bit like it was at Christmas but those scenes we used to always witness at Christmas except suddenly you know we were having 26, 27 degrees it was a roasting hot day and there was people heading away on holidays as well and then as I mentioned with the digital the EU digital COVID certificates there are thousands of very frustrated uh, passengers who haven't been able to get their certificate and they were the ones who in the main flooded the helpline trying to find out when they were going to get their certificate I mean the Irish Examiner today are saying thousands of people have been told to go away and buy a PCR test which could cost up to 400 euro to allow them to leave uh, the country 
to prove that they haven't, that they're not positive for COVID-19 and that's going to leave a sour taste in people's minds if they're going away on holidays and if they have been vaccinated or they have recovered from COVID and in order to prove it they have to pay a couple of hundred euro to get a PCR uh, test but the Department of Health were saying that their helpline was flooded uh, yesterday um, they refused to answer repeated questions as to how many staff were at the call centre uh, yesterday many callers saying that they were speaking to an operator but they couldn't, they, people couldn't find out what was the average waiting time. A spokesperson for the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform said 1.1 million email certs have been issued so far and they say 870,000 certs have been sent by post. We've sent an email actually off to Revenue now to find out if all of the postal ones uh, are gone. But the problem is there's about 130,000 people who have to ring the helpline in order to obtain their travel uh, cert and then wait up to five days to to receive it. They are the people who have recovered from uh, COVID-19. Yesterday, as I say, on ringing it, I just kept getting a call, failed, couldn't get through at all. And then uh, one uh, listener uh, was saying that they dialed the number at least 30 times yesterday couldn't get through. Somebody else did manage to get through but they got through to one of these voice response, you know, your call is important to us, uh, please hold. They were on hold for about two hours, then suddenly they got cut off. As our listener there from Mitchestown said, every time they rang they just kept getting an engaged tone or a busy signal. And then I saw the junior minister Oshin Smith and Oshin Smith is responsible for overseeing the rollout of the uh, certs. Uh, he tweeted yesterday that a high a high volume of calls is expected to the call centre as it is the first day of operation. He said it's important to remember that the digital COVID certificate is not essential for travel, that you can still travel on your vaccine card or a negative PCR test. The Department of Health, yeah that's okay but if you're going to some countries that are insisting that you either have the certificate or a negative PCR test you end up having to pay for a negative PCR test. Anyway, the Department of Health say that the call centre is handling a very high volume of calls and delays may be experienced by members of the staff and it's working to increase the capacity of the service centre. And that's, that's one of those things we've been talking about how efficient they've been with the rollout of the, the, the certs to the people that received it. We were saying how efficient they were last week. But I have to say they knew that there was at least 130,000 people who would have to contact this call centre in order to get the recovery cert. Like they knew it wasn't that oh we weren't aware of how many people were going to a call. They should have had the numbers in place. They knew that yesterday was going to be incredibly busy and they're accepting now that they, they just simply want wasn't enough people on yesterday and that's why they've put in this extra number on top of the, the number that they first opened was the one 851 504 but now they put in another free phone number 807-008 so they've two separate uh, lines operating but they need to be drafting certainly for the first few weeks they need to be drafting a lot of people in because it isn't just about travel because we now also know that people are going to need to prove that they have been vaccinated in order to get into a, a for indoor dining or indoor drinking and we know that it's the EU digital COVID certificate people are going to need so it isn't just about uh, travel so they really need to brush up and get enough 
people on to that call centre, draft in enough people to make sure that it runs as, as smoothly as possible. So I think patience is what is going to be required by a lot of people who haven't to date received their COVID certificate. But keep an eye, an eye out for the postman because the postman certainly is still delivering uh, certs. I saw somebody say, Mary, thank you, Mary, for your text saying, I got my cert by email. But I did receive my vaccine from my GP. My husband is still waiting on his, but he doesn't have an email, so he's expecting to get his by a post. And Mary, you're not the first. We heard others as well who also said the same thing because we, we had, and the Department of Health are still saying that, that if you got it from a GP, then you will get it by post. But we've had countless people contact us uh, to say that no, they had, my, they had their email address as well and they came out by email. Email was by far the most efficient way and the easiest way and the cheapest way, can I say, for the Department to send out the uh, certificate. And that's why 1.1 million email certs have already been uh, sent but uh, and others then are waiting for them by the post and hopefully uh, people will still start when the postman arrives today uh, people will still start to receive them and and then as I say failing that you can ring you'll have to have a lot of patience so if you're going to be ringing the helpline to try to find out where your cert has uh, gone Uh, 1850-333-103 and Janet said I texted yesterday Patricia about my mum who's 90 and how she hadn't received her COVID digital certificate well it arrived this morning thank you for your advice you were right (laughs) I did say to Janet hang on it might be in the post today and you'll get it tomorrow so well done so we do know that postal certificates are arriving today and there could even be more coming uh, tomorrow John Paul taking your calls you can text on WhatsApp 0862 103 103 According to new research from the ESRI, almost a third of individuals who are eligible for a medical card are failing to take up their entitlement to assess free GP services, medicines, hospital care and indeed other benefits. Joining me from the ERSI is researcher and co-author of this study and that's Dr Claire Keane. Good morning to you Claire. Good morning Sir. You're very welcome to the programme. Now when we say a third of people, roughly how many people are we talking about here? Um, oh, well, off the top of my head, I, we're talking about 1,000, you know, a substantial number. Um, as you say there, it's 31% of families who are eligible aren't taking it up. Um, and we sort of started this, this research, you know, in line with the Department of Health a few years ago. And we were seeing this pattern that there were people whose income seemed to be below the limit for the, the medical card, but they weren't actually availing of it. Um, and I understand, you know, why is it that this is the case? And also, are there any sort of negative repercussions for people in not taking up the, the, the card? Um, so, as you said there, the, the medical card, you know, people may not know about its existence or they may not think that they're eligible, even though they are. Um, and it covers a vast array of different things. It, it allows you to go to the GP for free. It covers free hospital care, free medicine with a small charge, and also a variety of other benefits. So, for example, if you have children and they need to uh, transport to school, you don't have to pay for it if you have a medical card. So, you know, as you said, there's, there's sizable benefits. There are, the other, yeah, there are, there are other benefits. But wh- why do you believe so many are not applying? And these are people who are genuinely entitled to a medical card. Yeah, so I, a few different reasons why people don't take up these things. Um, one very obvious reason, and the first thing that I think of, is that they just don't know. They don't know its existence, or they don't think they're eligible. So I myself was sort of surprised a few years ago when we started this research um, if people, um, if you go on to the HSE or Citizens Information, you can see the medical card means test and the income limits there. 
people may mistakenly believe that they're based on gross income. Um, so, for example, if they see a limit of €300 Euro for their family, they think, oh, well, you know, we're earning over that per week. But actually, you can allow things like your, your, your um, income tax, your social insurance, and also lots of other costs, things like childcare costs, housing costs, travel to work costs. So all those costs can be allowed against your income. So people may feel that they're not actually eligible, um, but actually with those costs, and for some families they can be quite substantial, they may actually you know, be eligible for a card. So I encourage people to have a look at those, those income limits online and think that once they take off all those deductions, um, you know, they, they might be eligible um, and you can apply online for the card. Yeah, and I also think as well, Claire, that uh, and we certainly would hear over the years from people who would contact the programme, people who perhaps would, was turned down from, uh, on the means test before for a medical card, but your circumstances could have changed. And now, while you may not have been entitled five years ago, you may be entitled today. Exactly, exactly. And now it is a bit easier. So, uh, you know, one, one reason people may not apply as well is that, you know, it's form filling. You have to fill in these forms and send off the information. It can be done online. Um, and it's also worth bearing in mind, as you said, if your financial circumstances have changed, if we think about a lot of people with, you know, in the, after during the COVID pandemic, people have, you know, had hits to their income or lost jobs. So if you think that... Um, you, you know, your incomes have changed a bit or like that you have, you know, higher enough mortgage costs or rent costs or travel to work costs, childcare costs, all those things, they can all be disallowed. So if any of those things have changed, then it's well worth uh, having a look. Um, and one one thing as well that we, I suppose what we were sort of worried about is um, there's a bit of evidence that people who aren't going to use the card very much aren't taking it up. So, for example, young people, healthier people. But also we found that there's also evidence that it, there might be negative health impacts of not taking up the card. So, um, in families where they report having an unmet health need for financial reasons, so they basically can't, you know, fund, say, a GP visit or whatever it might be, and they're much less to take the cards. So that really, really suggests that those people just do not realise that they're eligible because, you know, they're not able to afford um, medical care. And if these aren't for these, these aren't people trying to get private care and, and you know, waiting list issues. Mm. These are people who think they can't access care for financial reasons. And another negative sort of impact we were seeing of non-take-up was just the pure financial side of people spending more on healthcare per year. So families who don't take up the card spent around €200 more a year on healthcare compared to the ones who do. And they're also spending nearly €500 more a year on private health insurance. So families who don't take up the card, they're four times more likely to hold private health insurance. And that, again, suggests that they don't realise that they're eligible for the medical card. There will be nothing stopping them having both. And some people may want private health insurance and access to private care, but there's nothing stopping you having both of those things. And if anyone out there has private health insurance, you'll realise that it often doesn't cover the sort of day-to-day costs like full GP visits that a medical card covers. So that that would almost indicate, would it, that people treat medical cards and private health insurance almost as a substitute for each other? Yes, they certainly could. And we see that there's around around 10% of people who hold a medical card hold private health insurance. So people, you know, there's there's nothing stopping you if you decide, well, I want my private health insurance and I want to continue to have access to private health care. You can you can still do that and you could still have a medical card and apply for. And you can have both. And it would just mean that, um, as I said, a lot of the things that private health insurance don't cover. Um, it would be covered by a medical card. So as I said, I, I think there's very few private health insurance schemes out there would cover your full GP visits, for example. And of course, then, besides the full medical card, if you didn't qualify for a full medical card, you may qualify for the GP-only card, the visit yes. card. Exactly. And that's to sort of recognise the fact that, you know, GP costs, are, they're quite substantial. I think it's €55 Euro on average to go to a GP in Ireland. So um, there's a, a limit for a medical card 
Um, but then the limits are around 50% higher. So if you're just slightly over the medical card limit, um, you, as you said, could qualify for a GP visit card and that would cover all your GP care. Yeah, and as you mentioned, filling out forms can really, really put people off. But as I say, it's all online and we would often send people here, Claire, to, to the fantastic guys and gals at the Citizens Information Centres all over the country. They do amazing work in helping people if, if, if it is form filling is putting you off. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I said it has become a bit easier now in that, you know, you can do it online now. Um, and it, yes, as you say, citizen information are great. If you go on their website, you can see um, all the income limits for your family type. So, for example, um, if you're a couple out there with three children under 16, the limit's €300 a week. But bearing in mind that net income after all your taxes, after your housing costs, if you've got a mortgage or rent, it's after your childcare costs. So it's well worth people going on to citizensinformation.ie or HSE as well. Um, all the income limits are up there, so you can get an idea beforehand. And as you said, none of us like filling out costs, but if you're facing a few hundred euro yeah, you know, more yeah. in healthcare costs and, and, and spending on private health insurance, um, and you have to as well remember that there could be future negative you know, impacts on people. If you, if you, you know, aren't using healthcare because you don't have the financial resources to do so, then that might have negative impacts in the future. Um, and we do see that. We see that families who have, um, you know, older people who might need healthcare or people with chronic conditions, they're much more likely to be taking up the cards. Um, so I think there's maybe more awareness out there amongst those groups about the card's existence and about their entitlement. And there, I mean, there isn't a stigma attached with having a medical card, is there? Yeah, I mean, I think there is. I mean, there's a very, I think we're talking 30 to 40% of the population actually hold one. So it's, it's a fairly sizable, um, you know, minority that actually are entitled to them. Um, and, you know, I think there might be this idea that, like, we do find a bit of evidence of stigma as well. So people, if they're getting all of their income from social welfare, the vast majority, they're much more likely to take up the card. So people may, you know, feel stigmatised if they're, say, in, you know, low, lower paid employment um, or feel that, you know, employees, if you're working, that you're not entitled. You certainly are, as long as your income is under that limit. Um, and as I said now, it's, it is slightly different. You can apply online. So maybe there's less stigma in, in applying online than having to go somewhere in person. Um, to do so. So I think, you know, when you see the financial benefits um, of the scheme, um, and particularly if we think about, you know, people who've lost their jobs mm-hmm. with COVID, there's been, you know, these big shocks to people's incomes uh, and job losses. This can serve to, you know, protect people's income. It's targeted, it's designed to try and target, the, you know, the lower um, end of the income uh, groups. Um, but as I said, if you, you know, if you're taking off your housing costs, childcare costs, all those you know, there's there's probably less stigma there, um, because there's such there's actually a, you know a very large minority of the country are actually entitled to one. Okay, all right, is a good uh, piece, a good body of uh, work. Uh, well done, uh, Claire, on it. Listen, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Dr. Claire Keane, who is co-author of that study and researcher uh, with the ERSI. Just to let people know if you are entitled to a medical card or to a GP-only uh, card, please, please uh, apply. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. And actually, just on a break in news story, John Paul was just saying to me there before I went into that interview that uh, AIB are to amalgamate 15 of their branches this autumn following the complete of a strategic review of its network uh, and obviously some of the branches all over the country but they do include some branches here in Cork and just a quick look and many seem to be in the city areas College Road in Cork is to close and all of the accounts will transfer to the Western Road the Black Rock Road 
in Cork AIB will go to South Mall. Little Island in Cork AIB there will close. The, the All the accounts will transfer to Middleton. North Main Street in Cork will move to South Mall. The Ennis Road in oh, that's in Limerick. If you Limerick, that will move to O'Connell Street. Douglas Court will close and the accounts transfer to Douglas Road. And the Ballyfahan branch of AIB is also going to close and the accounts will move to the South Mall. That is more bad news coming in from the banking uh, sector. And we are seeing so many bank branches closing. The latest now, AIB amalgamating 15 in total uh, all over the country, but they're the ones for Cork and that kicks in for from the autumn. Text or WhatsApp 0862 Thank you to a listener in the Bandon Cross Barry area uh, saying that the programme keeps dropping off for no apparent reason. It's happened twice already this morning. And John Paul said he said, of course, from us, a few others in the West Cork area as well. So we're getting on to the, uh, the technical department to see if we can sort that out. So our apologies. OK, let's take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. In the next hour, hearing about a worrying increase in the number of people who took on dogs and puppies at the start of the pandemic and now they're heading back to work they're surrendering the dogs and they no longer want them the poor little doggies we'll find out more about that in the next hour can I just mention and send my deepest deepest sympathies to the family of that woman who has died after being hit by a car in Kenturk this morning it happened in Green Anne Street Lower at about quarter past eight um, I'm told the victim's in her 60s she was pronounced dead at the scene now the remote does remain closed for technical examination and anyone who's got any information at all is please asked to contact the Gardaí in Canturk. May that lady uh, rest in peace. And just for that poor family, while, you know, this beautiful weather that's kind of lifted everybody's spirits and you're just thinking what that poor family are going through this morning and what they'll have to go through over the next few days and the funeral and all of that. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, uh, there we go, losing one of our own uh, this morning. May she... Uh, say I don't have the lady's name I'm assuming locally she's probably it's probably well known but uh, may she rest uh, in peace now um, John Paul by the way is leaving us now and Bernie is sitting in taking your calls at 1850 and the reason that John Paul is leaving us he is heading to the city where he is getting his second uh, jab so he will be fully vaccinated a week from today so we wish John Paul luck with his second jab today but as John Paul heads off to get his second jab can we put it out there I'm, I, I really want to find out about this about how businesses and companies and shops and organisations are dealing with staff when they get the appointment to say, you know, got a text, you're calling people in to get their their vaccines. And the reason I mentioned it was I spotted this over the weekend. It was on a GP put it up on his Twitter feed where he was talking about one of our major retailers and he was given out about the fact that this major retailer wasn't giving staff members time off to go to the vaccination centres to receive their jabs. And what he he put it up on Twitter and he named the major retailer and he said, I vaccinated two of your employees who attended during work hours today. He said, I was shocked to learn that these workers who both worked throughout the whole of the pandemic had to pay back the hour to 
one hour, one and a half hours, uh, which they had to take time off work to attend to the vaccination centre. He said, I think that's a very poor HR policy, since in my experience, most other companies are only delighted to facilitate their staff undergoing vaccination. And then he went on to ask the company, is this HR policy accurate? The company, by the way, didn't respond to the tweet. And then I saw a lot of other people share the tweet, talk about the company. And then others were saying, others were talking about organisations that were particularly good about giving time off and, and some were saying that they heard of other companies that were doing the same thing. But surely all of our major retailers who all opened right throughout the pandemic and only for their staff turning up day in, day out and, you know, working through pand- through a pandemic particularly like this time last year when we didn't have vaccines and when everywhere you looked, you were fearful. Were you going to pick up COVID-19? And then we went through the Christmas period and how busy that was for the retail staff. And then into the new year when our third wave really took off and we had huge uh, numbers. Frightening experience for people who had to deal in no other choice, but their work was dealing with members of the public and never knowing, never, ever knowing if the person they were serving inside in the shop or at the tills in, in a supermarket, never knowing if that person had COVID-19 or, or not. And God knows we heard enough times from GPs last year who said they would be ringing a person to tell them that they had COVID-19. And I don't know how many doctors I saw take to social media saying to people, if you're going for a COVID-19 test, you must self-isolate until you get the results. And then they went on to tell a story how they rang a patient to say, yes, your test has come back positive and they could hear noise in the background. And they asked the person, where are you? Or I said, I'd go out and get the shopping in in case I'm positive. And the the doctor saying, well, you are positive, get home. So these were the, so those workers, they were essential workers and they were frontline workers. They might have been frontline workers inside in a hospital but frontline workers weren't just people who worked in healthcare they were also the people that kept you know food in our bellies and kept us going right throughout the pandemic so shocking to think that any one of the major retailers who would have made money they certainly didn't lose money during the pandemic that they would then say to their staff yes you can take time off but you have to take take it as uh, unpaid leave or you've got to pay us back the hour the hour and a half however long it takes for you to get to the to the centre get your job and come back to work I really am uh, taken aback by that I see in the Daily Mail today that the Labour Party employment spokesperson, Marie Sherlock, has picked up on not just this company, but other businesses. And she's making the point that businesses must allow staff take time out to get uh, vaccinated. She's actually called on the government to specifically appeal to employers to help protect employees, customers and society at large. She says it's really alarming to hear reports that certain stores and certain businesses are not facilitating employees' vaccination appointments when they arise. She said it's deeply concerning when we know the key role that vaccination has played in getting workers back to their jobs and gradually the reopening of the economy. Any worker, she says, who wants to take the vaccine must be facilitated to 
do so for the safety of the business and communities at large. From a practical point of view, she says failure to provide paid time off may lead to a situation where employees may be forced to push out their vaccination date, leaving workers waiting longer for protection against the virus. Because we know that when you get your text to say you have an appointment, you can say, no, this doesn't uh, suit. But of course, if you cancel it three times, then the HSE are deeming you to be somebody who doesn't doesn't want the vaccine or has already had the vaccine and they won't send you on uh, another appointment. But So we're asking that question this morning. You know, has your company allowed you to take time off during, during uh, work? Uh, if it was during the working week or did your pay get docked or were you asked to pay back the hours? Because I would be truly shocked uh, to hear if this is widespread uh, or not. I, I really would be. 1850 Eddie is on to us about the lifting of restrictions in this country. He says we're so near to coming to the end of restrictions. Yeah, we're waiting. Is it tomorrow we're expecting the Cabinet to sign off as to give us the date on when indoor dining and indoor drinking uh, can happen? But Eddie's making the point that last year we were constantly looking at, well it wasn't last year it would have been earlier this year we were constantly looking at what was happening in the UK with their vaccines and how they were way ahead of us on the vaccine and now when you look at the percentage of fully vaccinated people in this country and the percentage of fully vaccinated people in the UK we are very close we're only a couple of percentage points uh, behind them but Eddie is now worried when we look at what has happened in the UK they had their Freedom Day yesterday if you watched the news you would have seen people at midnight on Sunday Sunday night into Monday morning going into nightclubs and they were all acting as if there has never been a pandemic and they're acting as if the pandemic has disappeared and there is now the rest of the world is watching England to see how this all pans out for them because we know that their numbers was it yesterday they had the highest number of COVID positive cases anywhere in the world was in the UK yesterday so they, they still have the, the pandemic certainly hasn't gone so what's going to happen now with the lifting of restrictions over there so Eddie is worried with what's happening in England and also if you look at the numbers arising in uh, Northern Ireland he is fearful are we going to start importing more cases into this country with people travelling from the UK people travelling from Ireland in t- coming over here on holidays or coming over to visit families and vice versa people coming to to the UK so he is a little bit worried about that. Also coming in on uh, texts this is on COVID certificates Hi Eileen I got my COVID, digital COVID certificate in the post today. I got my job at the doctor's on the 27th of March. So as predicted, I would get it by post and it arrived today. Happy out, says Eileen. Well done, Eileen. Hi, Patricia. I got my cert in the post last week. Now, there were two other people in my house waiting for their certificates also to arrive by post. One of them actually got their vaccine the same time as me. Do you know why they're sending them out alphabetically? No, I tried to find that out as well what way they were doing it. I was wondering, would it be alphabetically? Then I was wondering, would they do it maybe by age cohort? Then I was wondering, would they were going to do it by areas, the local electoral areas? But it seems nothing like that. We were told they're just randomly selecting them. They randomly, obviously it's all on computers at this stage and it's the computer is just randomly generating the numbers of emails that went out every day and certainly for the revenue commissioners they're just randomly generating until they get through all the ones that went out by post. So no, so yes, I 
have heard of exact cases like you're talking about same household where people were practically on the same day or the same week and one getting the digital search and the other one still uh, waiting. And then even in our own household, the last of us to get fully vaccinated would have been Marsha, my daughter. Now we were expecting hers to arrive by post and I thought oh, she'd probably be one of the last to get it by post. She actually got in the randomly generated bunch on day one. She was one of the first to, to get the certs uh, by post. Whatever It was a Tuesday, wasn't it? They posted them out and I went home on the Wednesday to a letter addressed to her from Revenue, frightened the life out of me and it turned out to be her COVID certificate. So yeah, uh, so but yeah, but it's uh, certainly no, it's not uh, alphabetical. 1850-333-103 and we're going to be talking in a couple of minutes about puppies and dogs and some families deciding that they no longer want to keep the puppy or the dog that they adopted at the start of the pandemic. And it seems to be, from what I can gather, it's people going back to work. And some, I suppose, are of the view that they don't want to leave the dog at home on their own because these dogs have been so used to having people around all the time because people have been working from home. Well, that's prompted a North Cork listener to text in and said, Patricia, you're on about people getting puppies or dogs and then maybe leaving them on their own in the home while they head off to work. Well, Patricia, I live near a family who, believe me, have no clue how to look after their two dogs. The dogs are left alone most of the day and night. The barking is simply awful. We can't even open our windows and doors during this hot weather when we need to have them open because of this non-stop barking. Now we have asked the council to do something about the dogs but we've got no help at all. The dogs are also very aggressive and by the way before you suggest or any listener suggests, why don't you have a chat with the owners? No point. They're not the kind of people you can approach because they'll only end up treating me and my family very badly. So they're not the kind of people that you can approach to say, sorry, do you realise how much your dogs are barking? So does anyone have advice on what the listener can do there when it looks like this family can't be approached? The listener has gone to the council, but they don't seem to be doing anything about it because that's noise pollution to have dogs barking. Have you recorded the dogs? Have you to let the council know how bad it gets? Maybe if you could do something like that because you could record. We all have phones now where you can video and you can record speech or sounds. Barking dogs can be recorded. Maybe get some evidence to show to the council what is going on. But does anybody else have a solution to dogs who seem to be constantly barking and Bless the poor dogs. I mean, dogs that are constantly barking like that, that's not a natural thing for dogs to do. To me, that's that that's dogs who are not happy, dogs that are distressed in some way. You know, a happy dog should not be barking all day and all night. 1850-333-103. Bernie is taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Electrical Apprentice is wanted for a small electrical company that's in the Bandon area. While Longerville House Hotel in Mallow, they've got a vacancy for housekeeping assistant. Admin support agent that's wanted for Blackpool in Cork. And Danos Super Value in Mallow. They're looking for sales assistance. They're going to be holding walk-in interviews this coming Saturday between 9am and 12.30pm. Please call into the store on Saturday morning and speak to customer services. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now, according to Dogs Trust Ireland, there has been an alarming surge in requests to rehome unwanted dogs with a 212% increase on the same period last uh, week. Vonna Nolan is head coach at Dogs Trust and uh, she joins me. Good morning to you, Vonna. Morning, Patricia. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Well, listen, you're, you're very welcome. Is this purely down to people going back to the office after lockdown and either no longer wanting the dogs or not wanting to leave the dogs home alone while they're at work? I think there is a big combination of, of both. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, now for us and for our dogs. It's not just, you know, those two particular reasons. In the last three months, there's been 240 um, requests to surrender dogs. So I would honestly say that's probably 240 very different reasons. And do you do you have concerns, or did you have concerns about the huge number of people who decided to get a dog at the start of COVID? Absolutely, we did. Um, as dog school head coach, dog school, what we do is we teach um, dogs, either from Dogs Trust or dogs who may have been acquired by a member of the public outside of our organisation. And luckily, we, we saw a huge increase. So that's people wanting their dogs to be trained, which is a wonderfully responsible thing to do. But yes, in, we were as we were seeing the figures go up, um, it, of course, it was concern. And the figures speak for themselves. If we look at this time last year, Patricia, honestly, there was... Just over uh, 1,300 requests in the whole of 2020 to return um, or surrender a dog. Now we've, like, it's only July and we've seen over 1,000 already. And dogs, do they really enjoy lockdown and having people around the house all day? Well, I'd say it's a dog's life anyway. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But of course, they're social creatures. They want to be with us. They have literally what we call the friendly gene. They want to be around people. But unfortunately, that's not necessarily very good for them. Um, Like I said, our lives have changed, but so have have theirs. And they've missed out on some crucial parts of, of canine development, like meeting strangers, hearing the doorbell even, meeting other dogs, learning how to play and all of that. That's really, really um, quite detrimental um, to their development and they haven't got us. Yeah, and so so for the people who are who will be heading back to the office soon and are worried about leaving their dogs, I mean, there is such a thing as separation anxiety. Oh, absolutely there is. Um, we would refer to it as separation issues because, it, you know, there's various signs. But what, if anyone is concerned, what we have launched in Dogs Trust is our Life After Lockdown Bark to Basics package. So it's a free pack. Um, it's so comprehensive. It's given you loads of tips and tricks. It's really fun. It's interactive. A few little surprises in there won't give away, but um, everyone likes a bit of a surprise in the post, I think. So if anyone does want one of these packs to help them cope or get, get that bit of advice they need, all you do is log on to dogstrust.ie forward slash bark to basics. So dogstrust.ie forward slash bark to basics and out your pack will come and hopefully that 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 really will help our owners out there. So so you reckon you don't have to give up your dog just because you're heading to work and you're thinking, oh, that dog will be better off somewhere else. He's going to be home alone all day. Well, we always want to take the dog's welfare into account. So if you're gone 
suddenly for the whole day, obviously that, that will or could potentially cause separation issues with your dog. And they can be, there's a big, big range of all issues that can develop, um, such as destruction in the home, unnecessary toileting, all of this. Um, I would advise that maybe you seek out something like a dog walker if you know that you're going to be gone for that long very suddenly. Or if you know you're heading back, I'd urge you to start leaving in such small stages that the dog barely notices. And make sure that when you do leave, you're giving your dog something to do. Um, so that they, you know, they're not bored and they don't get into mischief because that can happen. So lots of interactive toys, some nice maybe chews and treats, lovely things. So um, I always say it's like giving someone, you know, a teenager an Xbox. They'd be like, go, please yeah, go. So yeah, you want yeah. them to want you to go. Yeah, give, give, give them something to keep them amused because, you know, like our good selves, they get bored as well. And that's where the destructive behaviour will come in. Absolutely. It can be also be a sign of stress. Poor, poor babblers don't really know what to do with themselves. So, yeah, it's better to give them something nice than leaving them alone with nothing. And then they go, oh, that looks like a lovely chair leg. So I might chew that or a lovely cushion. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that you were going to be joining us on the programme to discussing this very issue. And it prompted one of our listeners to say they live uh, near a household that has two dogs that, is, that appear to be left on their own all day and that they're, it's incessant barking. And I was making the point that dogs barking all day, that's not normal. I mean, that's, that's, is that a distressed dog? Absolutely, it can be. There can be a lot of motivation behind barking. It could be triggers that maybe people passing the house. It could be boredom. It could be frustration. It could be a form of anxiety. Um, but barking incessantly, no, that is that would not be a normal behaviour. And have you dogs available for rehoming here in, in Munster? We do. So what actually happened, which is amazing, Patricia, it brought tears to my eyes, tears of joy. So I know every cloud has a silver lining. During lockdown... So many people called us say, I want to foster, I want to help. This gave us a mechanism to rehome regionally. So we are now able to rehome from foster homes all over the country and from trusted dog kennels who will hold um, stray or abandoned dogs for us as well until we find a suitable home. So yes, uh, we rehome all over Ireland so you don't have to drive all the way to Dublin. Brilliant, that's really brilliant. And for people who are thinking of, of getting a dog, I mean, Vanya, uh, uh, you would always say uh, rehome a rescue dog is the way to go. Adopt, don't shop, preferably, yes. Adopt, don't shop. Okay, that's a good yeah, yeah. that is what we say, yes. But at the same time, when you're taking on any dog, whether it be from a breeder, you know, make sure that the breeder's responsible. There is a website we recommend called petbond.ie um, where breeders are verified by vets. So you know you're, you're in good hands there. And there are loads of kind of hints and tips on our website, dogstress.ie, for first-time dog owners so that, you know, we can put your mind at ease and you know you're going the right way about it. Because unfortunately, we here in Cork have uh, uh, don't have a great record when it comes to puppy farms, which is and and the only way to stop pu- puppy farms is to stop people buying from them, put them out of business that way. Absolutely, absolutely, it is a crucial, crucial um, element there, and it's it, it is a it is a problem. But I think with, there are so many responsible breeders out there too. So really, do your research, ask all the questions you want, and if it doesn't feel right, walk away. Mm. But the love that you'll get from a rescue dog is something incredibly special, isn't it? It's almost like the dog knows they're getting a second chance. Exactly. You know, rescuing one dog may not change the whole world, but for that dog, the world will forever be changed. Ah, you've got all the right words. (laughs) 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're all the right phrases. Okay, um, Vanna, so people can find out more at dogstrust.ie? Forward slash bark to basics if they want the pack, yeah. Okay, bark yeah. to basics. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Vanna. Have a good day and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Vaughn and Olin there, who is the head coach at the Dogs Training School at Dogs at Trust. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls. She's sitting in for John Paul while he goes to get his second jab. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Mary in Cork says, Patricia, the dogs who are barking due to being left alone for long periods, both day and at night, are clearly very distressed dogs. As you said, they're not being cared for properly. If it was me, I would contact the Corks, the ISPCA or the, the, the CSPCA, isn't it? Um, as these owners are certainly unfished to own a dog or probably any other animal, says uh, Mary. So for that listener who says the councillor not helping with the barking dogs, Mary's suggesting go down the route of reporting the dogs and t- to check out that the dogs have been cared for correctly. 1850 333 Now we're very much focused on animals today because we're moving from the topic of how dogs can survive life after lockdown to hens because the Little Hills Hen Rescue are planning another large rescue operation over the coming weekend and they are looking for people to help here in the Cork area with all of the details. The lady with a big heart for hens and someone we've spoken to before on this topic, well-known actress Pauline McGlynn. Good morning to you, Pauline. Good morning, Patricia. Yes, it's hen time again. Um, You know, there's um, we're kind of like a game of bridge, Little Hill. You know, you can always find a hen rescue through us. Um, You know, that's some point during the year. I suppose just remind listeners what the Little Hill Hen Rescue does. Yeah, well, uh, basically at uh, 18 months, 
um, hens uh, who are, you know, on commercial farms and the whole lot, they um, they take a little break um, to reset their little biological clocks. And um, as a result, they don't stop laying eggs, but they don't lay at a commercial rate, um, you know, for for the short time as they're, you know, as they're going through this little this little suspioge to give their bodies a, a chance to, you know, like to reset and go forward. Um, so at that stage, um, for a commercial farmer, um, it's not, uh, you know, worth their while hanging on to them. So they're sent to slaughter, even though they could have a long time left to live and loads more eggs um, to lay. Uh, so that's where he'll step in and um, we we um, collect the ladies, save them from the slaughterhouse and um, bring them all around the country to um, to hopefully be adopted by um, by people and live lovely lives um, free ranging and and um, you know your, your organic eggs oh, your, your free are, range organic eggs for, you know, for and sure. you know exactly where your food is coming yeah, from then yeah, you know yeah. which is just absolutely amazing and fabulous and I think you know in the last year and a half the most extraordinary year and a half um, a lot of us will have lived through and it's not over yet um, you know people have kind of also have kind of reset their buttons haven't they you yeah. know and you're you're looking at like we're all spending so much more time at home so we're we're making it just how we always wanted it um, and that includes you know in your garden or whatever like I have um, raspberries gone feral out in my garden um, again this year which is lovely so I go out and I can have a bowl of raspberries at any time um, and I know that um, people, you know, who have been thinking for years, maybe we should get some hens and whatever. They now are now the doing it, yeah. I, I hope. Um, and have, obviously, we uh, need a lot. We need thousands of homes yeah, this time cause, out for them. Because I'm wondering, because um, I've interviewed you a good number of times on this topic, has anybody kept a head count on how many hens? Do you know, I, do, I don't. No. I don't know. We've been doing it for so many years that um, it's gone. It's uh, well into thousands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like very many thousands. Like for instance, this um, Henry's kid we'll be doing over this weekend, and indeed the following weekend in other parts of the country. But this weekend is the big one for Cork. Is um, like there were there'll be many thousands well, um, of hens. Yeah, uh, up to five, we think. Um, you you kind of never know until you get to the get to the farm. You know, you'll be told one figure, and it could be more. <laughs> you know, so um, um, so we we're fairly desperate now. Um, but it, you know, it's such a lovely time of the year to be encouraging people to become poultry it's keepers. It's the perfect time, it, you it, know. It's, it's the perfect it? time. And yeah. what's up to now? What sort of lives would these little hens have lived? Well, you see, because they're expected to be commercial, um, it's all about you know, how many eggs they can lay. So as many eggs as possible um, uh, from them in their little lives. So they'll be a bit exhausted to be honest with you and um, uh, these these ones that we're taking out are, are free range um, right. from a farm but having said that what free range means in our heads and what it can sometimes be on the ground um, is uh, can be two different things. So, you know, we're not sure what kind of condition they'll be in. But, you know, recently we've we've seen quite a few that are like in, in a terrible little state, you know, featherless, um, you know, kind of skinny little featherless uh, creatures because they look kind of like little dinosaurs, to be honest with you, you know, um, going around and until they get their chance to relax to grow feathers just for themselves 
and um, and to lay their eggs just at their own pace. Um, but I could just about guarantee people who come to adopt them this weekend, um, you'll immediately have eggs from these ladies. Well, um, this morning you know. on the breakfast show, I was teeing up with what was coming on the programme with Ken, who presents the breakfast show, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he lives in the countryside and his neighbour a few years ago took hens from mm-hmm. the Little Hill Rescue uh, Centre and he said that he went along, collected the hens and like that they had no, yeah. they were bald. And he said he felt so sorry and there he was in the back of the car bringing them home and on the way home in the car they produced, they produced eggs. He had yeah. his first eggs and Ken said you should see those hens now. They're yeah. just gorgeous. Beautiful. And you know if you take, like people you know when they when they get to know them they're all little personalities and everything. Now they cackle all day long and they're really curious but they'll also do a lovely song when they're laying. You know it's a lovely tune for little laying and that's how you know oh we've got eggs coming. So it's you know it's really lovely and I, I must stress to people you know that if if you've been thinking about it you know and putting it off and putting it off do it this weekend. All you need is a simple start. You don't need much to start. You need a fox proof shed. That's about it. Okay. If you have a safe place to put them in the evenings and where they can roost, you know, and, and the whole lot, that's actually all you need. Now, after that, I'm sorry to tell you, you may get awful fancy. You know, there are people out there now that are practically building Taj Mahal's <laughs> for their heads. You know, I'm sorry, but that's the way it goes. Um, and so, I mean, a fox-proof you know, shed. Your, your yeah. basic garden shed or a garage on the side of the house. You know, Anything yeah. that a fox can't get into. That's right. That's, yeah. And that's how you start. Um, you know, um, and then they'll have um, the run of the place. Now, I will say, I will warn people, you know, if you, if there's a lovely, lovely green shoots and plants in the garden that you love, you can be sure the hen will love to eat those. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you have something precious, you might think, mm, yeah, maybe just for the sake of it, I'll, I'll, I might guard and I keep them away from that. Um, but other than that, um, to see them scratching around and just living their beautiful, um, best lives with you will be, yeah, that you- alone would be enough reason to yeah, get them let can, alone that you'll get eggs you can put in a little chicken run you'll see you people know, that's and to save your own garden if you, if, exactly if, if, if yeah. you want yeah. but as I say that's down the line isn't it um, get them in first and start and then you'll you'll see quickly enough what, what you want to do with it including the little Taj Mahal that you may um, decide to to, um, to to build for them and um, I suppose you know people should know as well that it is simple enough um, as well to adopt from us there's a little adoption fee there's six euros per hen um, and what you do is just get on to the Little Hill Facebook page and um, you can direct message Little Hill there and just say book your hens and say what run you know where you'll um, be collecting them um, this weekend and um, and then we'll um, uh, get back to you again private message you just to say what time we're expecting to be anywhere and like um, you know on, on the 24th um, that's only what is that four days time that's now? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, Saturday, Mallow, McCroom, Dunmanway, Clonakilty, Bannon, Li- Bandon, pardon me, and Little Island, and then the following day, Mitchellstown. So, you know, there's a whole range um, of places there that you can come along and, and collect your And you your need hens. to bring containers to transport yeah. the hens. That's right, that's yes. right. I mean, cat carriers, okay. you know, whatever are ideal, but, you know, a, a good big strong, now a big strong cardboard box. box will do yeah. you fine as well, as long okay. as you know, you can just keep keep the little ladies contained um, as you're transporting them home. We don't want any escapees um, because uh, they won't have the sense and they will won't they, have been to Cork before. Will so. they like this warm weather? 
Do you know, they do like heat, um, but like any of us, um, you know, they'll they'll be seeking the shade, um, okay. I, I should think, um, as we all should be um, at the moment. You know, sure, we're not used to that at all. Uh, this, uh, this kind of <laughs> this kind of heat, it's like being on holiday, isn't it? Um, oh, no, hang on, unemployed. That's what it's like me being unemployed. That's it. Um, <laughs> I, I saw somebody yesterday on Twitter said they were going to brave it and make a cup of tea. They oh. felt it was even too hot for tea, but it's never too hot for Do tea. Do you know, it's not. And can I just say this to you, and I'm glad you brought that up, Patricia, not because I have a... Um, uh, you know, a uh, background in tea with Mrs. Doyle and the whole lot. But in fact, scientifically, um, you're better off drinking hot drinks um, in this weather because that cools you down. If you drink a really cold drink, um, it kind of heats you up. Um, uh, so that's why they drink so much tea in very hot countries. Um, so I'm encouraging everyone to make themselves a lovely cup of tea <laughs> while they're plotting and planning and booking their heads from, okay. from and Little Okay, and how is lockdown? How's, it's been tough on your industry. You know, it has. There's, there's no live work. Um, but, you know, like uh, other kinds are, are starting up again, which is great. And um, and hopefully, you know, we'll be we'll be getting back to some kind of um, normal soon. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, let's let's be you know frank with with ourselves. It, it, the virus is going to be with us a long time yet. But you know, we're all doing our best. You know, wearing our masks, getting our jabs, and um, you know, I, I have to say that I've been just so proud to be Irish um, throughout it all because we generally have done tried our level best haven't we to, yeah. do, to do the right thing for the good of everyone uh, you know and when and you compare us to other countries and yeah. even with the vaccine yeah. the way the vaccine is somebody, somebody said England was so far ahead of us on vaccines yeah, now percentage wise we're nearly up with them that's right yeah. percentage wise it's really now I have to say um, it's been great you know and um, you'd almost be emotional wouldn't you about how well we've done and how well how hard we've tried to do well you know and I mean we, we I'm sure there were things we could have done better maybe or whatever but sure we never knew we, we haven't lived through a pandemic before you know and hopefully um, we never will again uh, says you you know okay. Um, yeah. okay the Little Hill Animal Rescue get onto their Facebook page Mallow McCroom Dunlamway Clonakilty Bandon and Little Island this Saturday and then the good people of Mitchestown your chance to collect your hens on Sunday and but, yeah, yeah I would just say look if you've booked your hens do turn up for them as well because it's an awful long journey in this awful heat um, for them to go on and then to be sent back okay. uh, you know if people don't turn up so please do and you won't regret it okay. um, you you're, you have many laughs and eggs ahead of you <laughs> if you go for these ladies now Pleasure as always to talk to you stay Thanks safe million, and we'll, we'll chat again God bless Indeed take care now Bye bye that is the wonderful Pauline McGlynn on behalf of the Little Hill hen rescue uh, but you need to book because obviously they need to know how many hens to put into the van or whatever they bring them in before they arrive but they've got the, one of their biggest ever rescues happening this weekend and they need the people of Cork to get involved would you like to rescue a hen and I know every time we've had Pauline on the programme we'll hear from people who've taken the hens in the past and they said it was the greatest decision that they ever made and I know some families keep going back and they're building they're getting more and more hens they're getting so much enjoyment 
enjoyment out of it and then those wonderful absolutely 100% free range eggs that these little hens will produce. Barney's taking your calls at 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And uh, just thank you to Mary who sent in the sweetest nicest uh, text about the programme and just to say Mary thank you I really really do appreciate it because I, I get the bad texts as well and that's all. Listen I, I, I widely accept that not everyone's going to like what I, what I do and don't do uh, on the radio but it's always nice when you get a really nice sweet text like the one Mary has uh, sent in because a couple of minutes ago I got a text in from somebody giving out to me about something that uh, I had done so thank you I, I appreciate that Mary and also thank you to a couple of people who were on about the interview that we ran in the last hour the one with Dogs Trust even though it seemed to be all about animals in the last hour because we went from the Dogs Trust into the gorgeous Pauline McGlynn talking about the hens but a number of people saying well done for raising the issue about the dogs and because it's just heartbreaking to think of dogs that would have gone into families last year start of the pandemic there was a huge rush on people deciding to either buy a dog or adopt a dog and listen people did it with all of the best and the right intentions and for some people they decided look we're going to be stuck at home during the lockdowns and we've always spoken about getting a dog now is a good time to do it and let the dog settle in with the family and all of that and for many people that's worked out really well but just for some people and unfortunately the numbers seem to be getting higher and higher people like Dogs Trust and other rescues around the country as well are inundated with calls from people saying we no longer want that dog that we decided to buy last year or we decided to rehome last year now they're, at least they're doing the right thing by getting onto animal rescues saying to see what you can do to uh, rehome them. But one listener was saying, when they were listening, saying, oh my God, do these people not fall in love with their dogs? If not then, then the dogs are maybe they're better off with somebody else and that signed a dog lover. And I can see that this person is a dog lover because the picture on their WhatsApp is obviously of a much loved pet. And I think, yes, I would agree with you. Anyone who has ever bonded with a dog uh, will know the joy and the love that a dog will bring into your life and will also then know if you've gone through the pain of losing a dog, that awful pain, that losing a family member when a much-loved pet has to be put down. So for people like that, they find it very difficult to understand that anyone could consider picking up the phone and ringing Dogs Trust or an animal rescue and saying, I no longer want that dog that I've had for the last year and a half. Can you find it in new homes? A lot of people find that uh, very hard to even contemplate that someone would do it. Now, there will be other genuine reasons as well why people have got to get a dog rehomed. I mean, if people are moving, for example, maybe moving country or moving to a different part of the country or moving to a house where they can't bring a dog with them. So, I mean, there are genuine, understandable reasons why a dog has got to be rehomed rehomed but simply because you're heading back to work and you don't want the to know that this dog is going to be home all day home alone and could end up getting in you know disruptive and start chewing on the the leg of the chair was what the lady from Dogs Trust used as an example and for that reason deciding to get it uh, rehomed but yeah I would agree with this listener it is hard to understand how 
if you've fallen in love and bonded with the dog because suddenly you'd be saying no I don't want this dog anymore and then on the the, the gentleman in North Cork who has the problem with the dogs in a neighbouring house barking all day and night and the dogs seem to be on the, on their own somebody else is saying definitely those dogs are, bo- are bored they need to be walked more that could be one of the reasons why those dogs are barking so much something definitely needs to be done there 1850 333 103 phone lines remain open Bernie's taking your calls the text and the WhatsApps now we're going to reopen them for about 10 minutes if you would like to win a smart speaker we need you to text your full name and address get texting now please 0862 103 103 and it can either be by text or by uh, WhatsApp for the next 10 minutes then we will select a winner and the winner joins me on air but you need to be able to repeat the winning phrase Play C103 and by simply doing that you will win one of our C103 smart speakers with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. But I need you to text or WhatsApp now, please. And while we are waiting on that, let me go to some of your texts that have come into the uh, programme. Hi, this is from Dennis in Cork. Hi, Patricia, listening to your programme. Shocked to hear that of employees having to pay for their time off to go to their vaccination centres to get their COVID jab. That is an utter disgrace. It gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, we're all in this together. It should be mandatory by government that no worker should lose out if they need to leave work to go to the vaccination centre to get their jab, Dennis and Naknahini quite taken aback uh, by that and that was the story that I mentioned that came up on Twitter of one of our major retailers in this country telling their staff they had to either take paid time off or if they took time off during a working day then they had to pay the time back so if it was an hour an hour and a half and if you're in a city area you know there could be an issue with getting to the vaccination centre and of course we even know here in Cork people didn't always get the nearest vaccination centre to them and by God people were willing to travel just so that they could get their vaccine it does seem very, very mean-spirited, particularly coming from a retailer, one of the larger, busier retailers who would have made a lot of money. They're, those businesses, it isn't a case of that it's a small business desperately trying to stay afloat or maybe they couldn't afford to pay their staff time off. And God knows they're probably the very businesses that are allowing their staff off with their paid leave. But I got a lovely text in from a listener to say, my daughter works at Aldi. She got the day off to go get her vaccine and was also told to take the following day off in case there was any problem. The other way, some people had slight side effects from the vaccine, didn't lose out on pay. She got paid time off for it. No hassle at all. Well done. That's uh, Aldi putting other retailers to, uh, to shame. Thank you for that. On the COVID passport, or the, we keep calling it the COVID passport, the EU digital certificate. Hi Patricia, I spent two and a half hours online this morning uh, for somebody trying to get the COVID, the digital COVID certificate. I got dis- just got disconnected five minutes ago after being on hold for two and a half hours. This is so frustrating. Nobody is answering the phone. We have no idea 
when our certificates are going to be issued. Uh, can any of your listeners be of help? OK, that's a good one to put out. Did, have any of our listeners managed either yesterday or today managed to get through to the 1-800 number. There's two 1-800 numbers now that are being operated for people trying to access their COVID certificate. Can anybody let us know if they managed to get uh, through? There was massive log jams yesterday, which was day one, and it was made up of fully vaccinated people trying to get their COVID certificate before they fly out. But of course, it was also people recovered from COVID who have no other choice. They were the ones who were told to contact this particular number in order to get their certificate. And, you know, I'm seeing all online and reading in the papers today that people who are due to travel and need to have their digital COVID certificate with them are now being told that they've no choice but to go off and get a PCR uh, test. And some of them are, are paying several hundred euro just in order that they can guarantee that they're going to be able to travel and uh, travel safely. The Junior Transport Min- Minister Hildegard knocked in yesterday, accepted that there was issues with the helpline. I'm sure she did because people were just off all over the country. We were just given out at the number of people that tried to make contact yesterday. Remember, we know 130,000 people have recovered from COVID-19 who are entitled to get onto this helpline. Now, I'm not saying all of them would have rushed forward yesterday, but there was even the the Department of Health themselves accepted that there was a high level of calls being received yesterday and that it impacted on the ability of people trying to access the helpline. And it seems, from that text in from that listener this morning, two and a half hours and getting absolutely nowhere that it is impacting again today. They've put in the extra number, the one, they've they've two numbers in now, this was the second one that went in, one eight hundred eight zero seven zero zero eight. but it doesn't seem to be making that much of a difference to people. So if anybody can let us know or if anybody has heard of somebody who managed to get through on the helpline today or even yesterday, how long did they wait? Because what we're hearing from people is constantly they're getting an engaged uh, tone. Others like that listener there managing to get through and then like you're put on hold, you know. Now, I don't know if they're saying, please stay on hold, your call is important to us because that would be so frustrating if you're on it for two and a half hours. But you're not the first person that have contacted us to say that, that they get through, manage to not get an engaged gauge tone, get through it, delighted with yourself then you're put into this like queue waiting, waiting, waiting and after about two and a half hours the line suddenly goes dead and you are back to square one and then when you try to call again you're getting the engaged uh, tone. They are working to try to put more operators in there but there, there's a lot of Frustration here and there's a lot of criticism as well because the thing is it wasn't that they didn't know how many people had tested positive for COVID-19 and it wasn't that they didn't know a high percentage of those people would be looking for their COVID recovery cert so that they could get their digital certificate both for people that are travelling but also for people here in Ireland who want to go indoor dining from next week there are people in, in that queue as well saying I need to have my cert to say that I have recovered so there's yeah, a lot really really a lot of frustration there so let's see if we can find out anyone who managed to get through today and if so how did you get on 1850 you can give Bernie a call and then a McCroom listener was on to us to say hi Patricia do you know where my friend 
who is visiting from America can get a PCR test done. She's currently in the Castletown Bear area and she's due to fly back to the States Sunday next. Now I rang my own GP and also rang my local chemists but they don't know. The HSC website is not able to give us any information. Thank you a McCroom listener. Now okay first of all you can certainly get a PCR test done at Cork Airport but I'm just realising now if it's stateside you're probably flying out from Shannon Airport but then it would be if you're down in Castletown Bear sending the person up to Cork Airport or Shadow Airport it's a bit of a long distance because you'd have to go get your test done and then 24 hours later you get the result so I went into a search engine to see who else is testing there's a lot of test centres around Cork City and the peripheries of the, of the city for example Carrigaline Care Plus Pharmacy you can get a PCR test done there you can get a PCR test done at Cara Pharmacy in Douglas Shore Rapid Testing are in Middleton and I know Dr Nick Flynn you know who often joins us on the programme for my CorkGP.ie they're running a service out of Douglas as well but I can't find just on a quick Google search I can't find any one testing in the West Cork area because obviously if this is an American tourist they're touring around West Cork so it would be ideal if they could get the PCR test done somewhere locally and then get the results the next day and then head to the airport for next Sunday because it is to be 72 hours isn't it before you or up to 72 hours before you fly you can't get it any sooner than that so let's do a shout out to see does anybody know if there are any, because I know a number of chemists, I know Boots, for example, some of the Boots stores are doing PCR tests as well. But does anybody know where's the closest in West Cork for this American currently in Castletown Bear, but obviously is travelling around the West Cork area, would need to have the PCR test done, I suppose, Friday at the latest for a result on Saturday but could get it done Thursday as well, Thursday or Friday. So does anybody know PCR, PCR testing in West Cork where is the nearest but certainly I've checked online and they are testing a Cork airport if uh, if she wants to make her way to Cork airport the what are they called Rock Dock a Cork airport they're doing PCR testing and it's a 24 hour turnaround she'd have her results the next day so she couldn't Cork airport uh, if we can't find anywhere closer in ideally somewhere in the West Cork area if anybody knows anybody PCR testing private PCR testing before somebody says this in the HSE testing you can't go to the HSE for a PCR test that will give you a negative result to get on a plane she'll have to do it privately and obviously this person will have to pay 1850 if anybody can help us out on uh, that you can text our WhatsApp 086 the C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative, the perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork. The staff at Redcliffe Family Hub, they provide emergency accommodation to families experiencing homelessness in Cork. They're taking part in a skydive. Now, it's not on until Saturday, the 18th of September. It's an effort to raise funds for the centre. You can contribute to their I Donate page at Redcliffe Family Hub. Books for Kildallery Home Bingo are now on sale from the usual outlets. They've got a snowball prize this week of €350. A euro. 
Anchor Dollary Drive-In Bingo. That goes ahead on Friday night at 8 o'clock. That will be in the Creamer Yard. While if you're in Castletown Bear, you can also play bingo. Their drive-in bingo is 8 o'clock on Friday in the east end of the pier in Castletown Bear with a jackpot there of €1,700. Now, some of your calls coming in. Mary is in Bandon. wants to know, is it safe to go to church services? How can you be sure everyone's vaccinated? Well, you can't be sure everyone is vaccinated, Mary, but all I can say is the churches are really doing fantastic work with limiting the number in the churches and spacing people out. So if you've been, if you're fully vaccinated and remember, do all the right things, wear your mask, good hand hygiene and all of that. Lots of people have gone back uh, to church and feel, I would say many people say they probably feel safest when they are in the church because of the way they're spacing people out. It's still on 50, isn't it, inside in mass? We're still on, on that uh, number. Mary McCroom says she got her cert from the doctor last Friday. Now I'm really querying uh, Margaret and McCroom how you got your digital COVID cert from your GP. I need to look into that because GPs have no way of getting those uh, certs. They're either emailed to somebody or they're posted to your address. So I would really like more information on how you claim you got your cert from your doctor. You would have got your vaccine card, but that's not the COVID uh, certificate. Listener in Kilworth is on hold to the helpline we were talking about for the last one hour, 26 minutes and counting. She needs to inquire, uh, or he, sorry, is inquiring about his certs as the wrong name is on the cert uh, he got. The only thing I would say to you, listen patience and hang in there and see how, see how you get on you might get through and let me know how you get on I think if the name is wrong on the cert like we know we've heard of people like we had Ted the other day who the certs his name he's known locally as Ted but on his passport he's Timothy that would be fine to get you into a restaurant or to get you anywhere that you need to go because your date of birth and all of that will be on it I think it may only be a problem if you need to travel so unless this Kilworth listener is planning to travel I don't know if it's going to cause that much of a problem Problem if you're trying to access into indoor dining, but let us know how you get on when you hopefully manage to get through to somebody. And then Tim and Liam Lara was on about the listener who contacted about the barking dogs and saying this hot weather can't leave the windows and doors open because of the amount of barking that's going on with two aggressive dogs is how our listener described uh, the situation and he's been on to the council and they're doing nothing about it. Tim says he was in a similar situation. Eight lurchers at one time in a neighbour's house. They were barking and fighting all night. Tim ended up taking his neighbour to court. That's a very brave thing to do and a tough thing to do uh, Tim neighbour ended up not showing up then the judge says the dogs would have to be put down but Tim said that wasn't what he wanted done he never wanted the dogs to be uh, euthanised he ended up getting an order and the dogs had to be kept in at night Tim says if anyone is having problems with barking dogs it's the Gardaí you need to phone not the uh, council. 1850 Joy in West Cork has been on she's now we've this is a problem with with some of our listeners are having trying to access Bossaren and, and with their medical cards for the 
school transport not to have to pay for the school transport and Joy in West Coast says I need to input my medical card number as payment for the school bus but she says when she's on to the HSC when she's on to the site the HSC hasn't linked up with Bus Aaron due to the cyber attack the cut off day is next Friday if we don't pay by Friday our input the medical card number will lose the seat on the bus that we dealt with that last week on the programme Joy now unfortunately John Paul has gone away for his uh, jab so he would have the absolute correct answer on it. He was dealing with a number of our, our listeners. Boss Aaron are aware of the issue. I thought there was emails being sent out to families but, but maybe there maybe there's not. I would suggest that you get on to Boss Aaron by phone because that problem has been there since the cyber attack and you've no way of putting your number in because they haven't been able to connect the two systems since the cyber attack. So get on to Boss Aaron because they're very, very aware of it. And Morris in North Cork says just saw two people are walking in the heat with their dogs. They shouldn't be out in this very hot weather. Their paws should get burnt. They should be leaving uh, the, they should be leaving uh, to walk dogs in the morning or the evening time. Actually we mentioned that at the top of the programme. And sorry Bernie, I have no details on who uh, I'm about to speak to so if you can just type that up uh, for me because we are about to give away our smart uh, speaker and I just can't find, I have the line here but I just can't find out uh, who the listener is. Okay this is our C103 Smart Speaker giveaway and it is Olive Clancy in Donneret. Uh, thanks, Bernie. Good afternoon to you, Olive. Hello. Hi, sorry, sorry Hi. for keeping you on hold. Uh, there is just the details hadn't come into okay. me. Okay, it's a be- beautiful day in Donneret today, oh, is it? Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And, yeah. and are you living near the park? I am, I am. Oh. In walking distance, I am. Oh, that's beautiful. So when yeah. we were all in lockdown and we couldn't go beyond our two kilometres... You I ha- was enjoying the park. Oh, <laughs> you lo- we were so envious of people that were close. To- and and then yeah. when it went to five kilometres, I was still just outside of it. So it was it's oh, great. It's, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful there. Absolutely. It's and, and, beautiful. It is. It is. And the, it, the house, is the house open now to visitors? It's it's not. No, no. it's not. No. There, there not, are still no, no. restrictions. They're still, yeah. There's a beautiful restaurant down and everything, yeah. Everyone, is, the house. Yeah, everyone is. is talking about the food at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah it is fantastic. really nice. Yeah, that's you, well. You've got a gorgeous back garden and having that in your area for sure. Okay, oh, gotcha. now yeah. a smart speaker. What is the winning phrase, please? Olive? Place three. It is indeed. Congratulations to you. You've Thank just you. won for yourself a smart speaker. Enjoy it. Great. I will. Thank you very and much. Enjoy the sunshine. Take care, oh, Olive. Thank you very much. Bye bye. That bye-bye. is Olive Clancy from Donnerail, the latest winner of AC103 Smart Speaker. Nick will have another speaker to give away this afternoon on uh, his programme. And Mark, who is sitting in for Martina right across this week, will also be giving away one of these smart speakers. And guess what? I'll do it all over again tomorrow. The C103 Smart Speaker giveaway with Done Deal for all of Ireland. Trusted car dealership. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And just going down through all the texts again, huge, huge reaction to our smart speaker giveaway. But as I say, more of them to give away right across this uh, week on all of the day parts. So stay listening and keep entering. You might be lucky enough to uh, win. And actually just in the middle of all of the texts coming in, there was a text to say a happy 75th birthday to June Smith in Charleville. Your granddaughter Shannon uh, was on wanting to wish you a very, very
very happy birthday and I know you're a fan of the programme according to your granddaughter. So happy birthday, June Smith in uh, Charleville. When we were talking about businesses that were forcing staff to take paid leave in order to go off for the hour and a half to get their vaccines and you know a lot of people shocked that some of the one of the major retailers is doing it somebody said Alps Electric in Mill Street pay their employees if they need to go get their vaccine during work hours I think it's very good of them yeah so some companies have been really fantastic it's, that's, that's, that's what we wanted to find out about how many companies are actually, actually doing it in a lot of companies I think are more than willing to give their staff the couple of hours and it's, at the most it would be a couple of hours. If you're near the vaccination centre, you could be in and out in an hour. A Kildallery listener says, Patricia, my husband got his second jab last Saturday and he got his COVID certificate by post this morning. Well done. And we're still waiting for revenue to come back to say if all of the certs have been sent out or not. But if somebody only got their second jab on Saturday and the their cert would have been posted yesterday so it looks like they're still issuing certs which is uh, terrific and uh, hi Patricia heard you talking about the helpline for people trying to access their COVID certificate and wondering when you get through to the automated message are they saying to you that your call is important well I can confirm they are the helpline says the call is important and you'll be answered by the next available operator I tried both numbers the first number now pushes you through to the second one the new one that they set up the one eight hundred. 8070008 but like I said no reply or help available from that number either thank you for listening to me oh, it's just so so frustrating but I say unless you desperately need to get one of these certs for travel I'd be holding off because it just looks like the flood of people that are trying to get through at the moment is just uh, crazy. Uh, Joe Heffernan joins us on this beautiful sunny Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. It's just gorgeous weather. Are you enjoying it? Are you somebody who likes the bit of heat? Oh, I love it. You do? Yeah. You do? Great. All right. Well, don't you? Well, don't you? And I know, and we better do it now before we run out of time, you want to give a quick mention uh, to your local parish priest who has has had a a recent celebration. Father Jim Kennedy um, celebrated his Gordon Jubilee recently. Um, It was very, very well done. We didn't have the Pope Mobile, but we had the PP Mobile. Um, when Father Jim um, uh, was driven from Borbury to Kishkeyam, all part of the one parish now, um, on a, uh, an open-top vintage car, um, and that, among many other celebrations, um, it was lovely. So he's 50 years serving uh, us all. Uh, as a priest and now our parish priest and uh, a good parish priest and a good man. Okay, well And done. from what I hear, a good golfer. Is he a threat? Okay. I hope so. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, congratulations uh, to him. That is Father Jim uh, Kennelly. Okay, now we're going to talk about alcohol today on the programme and I know you're particularly picking up on a report that came out from Public Health England but only last week I was speaking uh, with Alcohol Action Ireland uh, about surveys that they've done showing the increase in alcohol and the increase in alcohol purchase and binge drinking in particular and people admitting to binge drinking in this country and of course the Irish Cancer Society came out showing an increase in cancer that's linked to alcohol. Absolutely. But before or after we do that, can I mention this great walk from um, Galway Hospital to CUH 
by um, a survivor of multiple myeloma. Okay. Yeah, uh, Robert O'Leary. Um, in t- 2015, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. So he was six months weekly chemo steroids and bone treatment in the Dunmanway Day Unit, CUH. He was then transferred to Galway for a stem cell transplant. And after the transplant, he returned to CUH for 28 days um, isolation. And now, more than five and a half years on, he plans to virtually walk 188 kilometers over the month of July to replicate his journey from University Hospital Galway to Cork University Hospital. And uh, we can help out there by donating to um, that site, www.idonate.ie forward slash Robbie's Walk. So that's www.idonate.ie Robbie's Walk. Okay, and I know he also has a Facebook page which is uh, forward slash Rob's Walk. And if doing it, God, he's got great weather for that walk, I'll tell you that, because he's in the middle of that walk at the moment. So good luck to uh, Robbie with that. Okay, let's return to, um, you you want to do a questionnaire and a screening test for, for alcohol? Yeah, yeah, because like you said, there has been, imagine, a 21% increase in deaths from alcoholic liver disease in 2020 in England. Imagine, it's now there the second leading cause of premature death among working age people in England. Um, And supermarkets and off-licenses there have recorded a 24.4% increase in alcohol sales. so, and those who have been the heaviest drinkers before the lockdown uh, bought even more during the lockdown uh, by about 14%. So, in England in all, 6,983 people died of alcohol-specific causes in 2020, which was 20% higher than the previous year. So, uh, as it said, more of the hidden human dan- damage of COVID-19. Yeah. yeah, it's truly shocking. It's truly Deadly. shocking. And a lot of those figures, I'd say, will be replicated here because... Even, Absolutely. But even, Absolutely. Even Red, it's just even, as relevant for Ireland. Even last year, with all of the wet pubs closed and have been closed uh, since March, I mean, revenue were constantly coming out saying that it's the one way of finding out how much alcohol is purchased every okay. month is revenue with the vast returns and the returns that have to be made, ex- excise duty. And there was a very little drop in the excise duty right across the pandemic. People just went from on trade in, inside in pubs to the off-licence trade or to the to the, uh, to the the off-licences and the supermarkets and people just right. bought drink instead. Okay, you have a questionnaire. This is a, a screening test for alcohol cage you refer to it as. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's very straightforward. It's four very straightforward questions to, and I've sort of slightly... Um, you know, altered it to suit um, the times we're in of the pandemic and the lockdowns and all that. And uh, four very straightforward questions, Patricia, for which the answer in each one of the four is yes or no. So, uh, and then we have a kind of a result of that afterwards. So, um, a person who might be interested in... uh, recording their answers yes or no one can either remember it it's only four 
or maybe write it down. So will we will yeah, we go on uh, with yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So number one, have you felt you should cut down on your drinking? Very so straightforward. Just answer yes, yes or, or no. no. Okay. Two, have people annoyed you by criticising your drinking? Yes or no? Three, have you felt bad or guilty about your drinking? Yes or no? And number four, have you found that you had a drink earlier in the day or even even in the early morning to steady the nerves or to help you face the day during the COVID-19 restrictions. In other words, like I suppose, if a person normally had a glass of wine or whatever with dinner in the evening or watching a bit of telly in the later evening, um, have you found that you have kind of started to do that? Uh, earlier, earlier, earlier in the day. day. Yeah, you'll yes, hear, hear, hear people okay. jokingly say, "Oh, sure, it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. I might as well have my first drink." <laughs> True, and enough, they make yeah. it, they make a joke out of it to try and yeah. cover the fact that they're suddenly having a drink. Yeah, early. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there are the four 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 questions, and and if you answered yes to to you to one, two, three, or four of them. That shows the likelihood of you developing a drink problem. Is is that the indicator? Absolutely. If you said yes to one, you have a 46% chance of developing a drink problem. If you said yes to two, you have a 72% chance of developing a drink problem. If you said yes to three, you have an 88% chance of developing a drink problem. And if you said yes to all four, well then... You, you says, have a problem. You're there, you you're, have a problem. Yeah. That it, it's a, there's a 98% chance that you may be developing a drink problem. But so, the others yeah. are, the other, the, you know, they're very much warning signs if you answered yes to, to one or two of them. And I'm trying, I'm, tr- I'm sure it was Alcohol Action Ireland I had on last week about the binge, the increase in, in binge drinking. And that was right. one of the things that was in the survey was they spoke about people not happy with, like deep down themselves, they know they shouldn't be drinking as much wanting to do something about their drinking. Like it was almost like alarm bells were going off in their head yeah. already. So like that very first question, have you felt you should cut down on your own drinking? The very yeah. fact that that has gone through your head, I need to cut down on my drinking. It's it's a warning sign, isn't it? That you're yeah, on a Yeah, and it kind road. of tallies in very much with number three. Have you felt bad or guilty about your drinking? Yeah, it is a warning sign. And um, one would be hoping that um, uh, the object of our uh, little survey there today would be, you know, do you need to have a think about it? Um, you know, uh, I think there are four very pertinent questions and they're very straightforward. And, uh, you know, if you answered yes to one or more, well, maybe, maybe it'd be a good idea to just have a think, huh? And I even think the one about, because if you ever have a bad habit or anything that doesn't even have to be to do with drink, to do with something uh, that you know in your heart and soul you shouldn't be doing it. And if somebody criticises it for you and suddenly you get so defensive about yes, it. You know, there's the, the famous line I often use, thou doth protest too much. And if you are protesting too much, it's because, again, 
deep down, you know what I'm doing I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and you don't want to be hearing, um, maybe you should think about your drinking. Um, You know, uh, as you say, um, uh, if there is something lingering there or if you have a fair good idea that you are overdoing it, well then one goes into defensive mode how many times in my life have I heard people saying, ah, should I just have a few points and I enjoy that? And if a person can have a few points and leave it at that, more luck, that's great. But if you're answering a fair few of those four questions with a yes, well, then it's a little bit more um, than just uh, enjoying the odd point. And what, first port of call, is it the GP again for this? Well, I suppose the first protocol really is a protocol to oneself to just think, yeah, maybe I'm overdoing this. Um, but definitely a call to the GP, um, you know, down through the years, I think about 25 of them now, Patricia, um, we've been saying like first port of call, the GP. But I suppose in a situation like this, really, um one needs to be proactive uh, in one's own life. Um, the GP will, of course, point out um, all those, um, you know, facts about liver damage, etc., um, etc. Et but, uh, you know, nobody can come home with you and, um, uh, you know, more or less monitor your drinking. The only one that can do that is yourself. And... Um, and uh, if 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 that um, uh, questionnaire uh, only got a person thinking, yeah, maybe maybe I should have a think about this. Well, then that would make it uh, worthwhile uh, doing it. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, I think the stresses of last year that some people and the stresses people are currently still under with the pandemic, some people just turned to alcohol as the crutch. Absolutely. It reminds me of the song, Seeking Any Comfort uh, I Could Find. Um, you know, we, it's very tempting to kind of, um, to dull the, uh, the, the edge of the uh, stress that we're all under. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd be very doubtful with somebody saying, yeah, the whole thing didn't affect me in the least. I mean, I know I couldn't say that, that it has very definitely affected um, uh, my mood and my, well, sure, with all of us, our way of life. Um, yeah, and uh, it's caused an enormous amount of uh, stress, uh, a lot of depression, and... Um, uh, we can, of course, uh, seek any comfort that we can find. And unfortunately, some of our seeking might finish up in medicating our mood uh, with alcohol. And the only problem with that is it doesn't work. It finishes up somewhere quite bad. Yeah. That's where we leave it uh, for this week, Joe. Listen, have a lovely week. Enjoy the sunshine. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much, Thanks Patricia. Thanks for that. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That is uh, Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohopui. His number, it's a mobile number, 086-834-8145. 086-834-8145. And I can see uh, texts still coming in from people on that helpline for the COVID 
digital certificate and people just getting so frustrated Con said spent nearly an hour on the helpline the 1-800-807-008 which was the new one that they put in no one talking to me says uh, Con and that's the number we've been told now that when you get through to the first line if you can't get through to anyone on the first line they redirect you through that line so both of those numbers are incredibly uh, busy and lots of people saying yeah that when they were on hold they heard the message saying your call is important to us and nobody I haven't we haven't well just this is just a snapshot of our listeners we haven't found anyone who contacted us to say they actually did finally get through to a human being and spoke to somebody and more importantly spoke to somebody and that person was able to sort out whatever it was that they have contacted them about. So that is hugely uh, frustrating. But the only thing is the Department of Health, uh, HSE, well aware of what's going on. And the various ministers seem to be coming out from their holidays, issuing uh, tweets and social media posts saying they're, they are, are aware of it and they're trying to put in more people. They need to have more people manning the phone lines. That really is the only way around it. OK, somebody's saying that there's power out in the is it Tull Duff area of Liscard and it's out since 11.40 we haven't had anything in there uh, to say what that the reason for that is for okay gotta go uh, thanks to Bernie who stepped in for John Paul back with you tomorrow morning at 10 at the Petition Minister very good afternoon Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.